Yeah, thank you, Pastor Phil. Thank you, Pastor Diane. Where'd she go? And everybody here. Hallelujah. Um, one of the desires on Mrs. Savelle's heart when she had that encounter with Jesus was there's hurting people, you know, love, you know, out there, love them for me. And then Pastor Justin's desire was experience, equip, and engage. So you could come in here and you can have an encounter with the Lord. You can be equipped by the Lord. And then you can go out and you can engage the community. And we have a lot of individuals here. Mar- Marjorie, I-, I know she has, you know, you're, when you're doing people's hair, right? I know you, you uh, evangelize. And then when we had Ida Broussard and we had Mr. Tom Simmons. And, of course, we also have Mark that go to the Advent Center. Things are picking up in the church. And the reason why I'm saying this is, is that you're a carrier of God's presence. You really are. When you got born again, the Holy Spirit came in you. And if you'll just listen to the Holy Spirit... And if you'll just allow them to work with you, you have a sphere of influence. And you've got something to say. And, you know, when I go out with Kappa and I go out with the police officers, I mean, it might be two hours before I say something to somebody. And then, because you get a lot of time to spend with people when you're riding out with police officers. And, um, and then the Holy Spirit will say now. And he'll just give you a word to say or a question to ask. And the next thing you know, a conversation starts. And, um, and then the Holy Spirit leads you down the road. So you have something to say. You have the Spirit of God living in on the inside of you. So you are a carrier of God's presence. And the Bible says that these signs will follow those that believe. In my name, you know, you will heal the sick. You'll cast out devils and, if, devils. and if it even comes to it, you'll raise the dead. You know, the Holy Spirit will use you. Well, as Susan and I were talking, she's going to KCM Bible College, and she's there. And the Lord's put a lot of evangelism stuff on her heart. So as part of evangelism training, getting experience, you know, we wanted to give her this opportunity to put what the Lord has shared on her heart. And as we were talking, the phrase, prepare to share, came. And I was like, oh, man, prepare to share. That's it. That's that's what we want to do. So we want to get you to a place to where you're prepared to share the word of God. And uh, did Lynn Parker and uh, I think Bill just left, didn't they? They were here earlier. Brody wanted to come shadow my wife and, and shadow Steve Marchman. So she actually got to leave somebody to the Lord today. So to her it was just she was just looking forward to this so where i'm going with this is is i don't try to make the salvation happen i don't try to force somebody into it i just listen to the holy spirit start in a conversation and um I just want to share this with you. In John chapter 3, verse 16, the Lord says, you know, God loves the world. That's why he sent Jesus. And if you believe in him, you know, you'll receive Zoe. You'll receive the nature, the life of God. But he didn't send Jesus to condemn the world. And so that's what you got to remember. And Jesus goes on to talk about it. He says, this is why people don't receive Jesus. They're naked. They're fallen. They're in the fallen state. So their deeds are evil. they're, They're not born again. Their minds are blocked, and Paul would talk about this in Second Corinthians chapter four. Their minds are blinded. So why would you be surprised if you're doing Christian things or saying Christian things that they don't understand it? Their deeds are evil. They're not going to run to the light. They don't even know what the light is because they're in the fallen state. But if you come to them and you just share the love of Jesus with them, whether it be one-on-one evangelism or whether it be just by getting to know somebody and they begin to see your lifestyle, and then you can start to your lifestyle actually becomes a witness. And the next thing you know, they're asking you, man, you're never, 
And, you know, if you're sick, you always get healed. These things, when they seem to come to you, you seem to overcome them. Like hell's not on earth happening to you. What is all this? And then you tell them, you know, so... Yeah, they see the light in you. So, and, and I've had that happen with my neighbors, with people that I work with. Um, you'll go to a Walmart one day, and all of a sudden the Lord will just tell you to witness to that person. You, you won't even be thinking about it. And you'll be like, oh, okay. And the next thing you know, you're evangelizing. So I, I talk kind of quiet. So if I'm a little slow, just tell me to, or quiet just to speak up. But I just want to encourage you that the Lord loves you, and he loves them. He's just not in covenant with them, right? I got this wedding ring on, so I, I use that as an example. I'm in covenant with someone. So that's why I can be friends with other ladies, but I'm not obligated to them. I say that. It's the same thing with the Lord. He loves you, but He's but he wants relationship. And that's what Christianity is about. It's about relationship. So the harvest process, right? It's all about the harvest. Someone plants, someone ripens. But eventually God gets the increase. So if you evangelize with somebody and you share the love of Jesus with somebody and they sneer at you, snicker at you, yell at you, run away from you, do all kinds of things, don't just pray for them because you just started the harvest process. Okay, and, and at some point they'll get picked. But I don't want to take any more time because I wanted to, to give this time to uh, Susan to see what the Lord's put on her heart for here. So Susan, please come on up. Thank you, thank you. So is there an echo or is that just me? That, hey, you better watch it, buddy. I got your number. <laughs> so join me in prayer for a quick second. Lord, thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. I stand here today under your honor, with your honor, your glory, Lord. This is not about me. This is about you. And thank you for giving me the words. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. We praise you and we love you. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. amen. So, so happy to be here. You know, people always get up and say, I'm so honored to be here, and honored is it. But when I think about it, what I'm feeling, I'm so excited. I can hardly even stand here because I've just been having all this. What? Are you talking about the, the echo? Maybe step in front of this wall. Well, you're not going to be like this. We need you over Maybe, I'm just saying, step right here and see if it stops echoing. Just scoot it. And if so, I'll take the whole thing up there. Okay, does this help? Does this help at all? Okay, there we go. You're so smart. See? I love my smart husband. (laughs) Dude. But then now I can't see olives and everybody. So hold on. Okay, so for those of you who don't know me, I'm Susan Fox, and I have been born again for almost four years. It'll be March 16th, 2019. And I have already confessed it to Pastor Phil several times that when I heard about Victorious Adults years ago, I thought, uh, years ago, so long ago, you know, within the past four years, I was like, why would I want to go hang out with a bunch of old people? Because I didn't think that I was 55 or older, because in my mind... I'm sorry. I mean, it's the truth. I mean, I was like, I don't belong there. And then he kept asking me and I thought, wait a minute. I so qualify. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah, way overqualified from the age standpoint. That's for sure. But from the maturity standpoint of the believer, um, I stand here knowing that you guys have been walking with the Lord your, in many cases, your whole lives. And I 
honor that, and I do not take this lightly at all, being able to stand here and being given the the honor to stand before you. And so, you know, every time I went to go to Pastor Joseph, I had a new revelation. Oh my goodness, this is how we reach people. Because my passion was, I don't want someone to have to wait 57 years before they know what it is like to experience the light of the Lord. Like I had experienced fair degree of success. I was fairly intelligent, but man, I was in darkness for so many years, just getting worse and worse with no purpose whatsoever. Even though I had a loving husband, beautiful family, I was dying on the inside and um, it was getting worse over time. So my passion, you know, the whole time, I mean, I was saved. Okay. Like I confessed with my mouth. I believed in my heart, but the church that I grew up in was not really a church where we opened the Bible. If you're sitting in the pew, you had a book of common prayer and that's what you read out of. I was looking at it the other day because I happened to have one and I I dug it out. Look, my mother had inscribed it. She gave it to me in 1980, which is the year I graduated from high school. And I thought, wow, first time I've opened it since then. So like in her heart was like, she thought this would really help me. And I was so stubborn. Of course, what could that possibly have for me? But honestly, when you, I opened it up and started looking at it and it says things like, oh, we're sinners. We beseech you, Lord, to please hear our prayers. It's like, oh my word, no wonder. Try standing over here. Okay, honey. How about you? So how about now? Now better? I don't know. Is this better? Let me just scream. How about now? Now? Hello? Testing? How about, how about, babe? I can hear you just fine. Let me holler. How about now? A little bit better? Okay. If you just stand there and hold it for me. I got an idea. You hold on to that microphone for I'll be the microphone Okay, so how about, I'm sorry about that. Okay, so how, how do I fix that? Am I too close? Is this better or worse? It's better, it's better up here? Yeah. Let him. You sit down. <laughs> I can't trust him. I, I can't trust you. Like an ice cream. Okay, like an ice cream cone. Okay. Is this the, thank you. Yeah, so I thought, oh my goodness. That whole congregation, that whole line of people in this world do not know who they are in Christ. Wow. And I thought, so my passion has been, you know, so like those, I was saved, right? Whoever calls the name of the Lord, and goodness knows I did that many, many times in my life, will be saved. I confessed with my mouth. I believed in my heart. But man, there was a long way between being born again and being saved. So my passion is... My goodness, how can we reach people so they don't have to be 57 years of age and go through all this darkness, make all these mistakes, and uh, go down some really wrong paths? So, every time I tell, would tell Pastor Joseph what my plan was of what I wanted to say, it, he kept giving me new things. Not Pastor Joseph, but the Lord kept showing me new things. So, where I'm going to start... Where Pastor Joseph has not heard yet. <laughs> He's nervous now, isn't he? <laughs> My filter is so much better now than when you first met me. It's all good. So, um, I have to take you a little bit upon 
my path and how I started to find out. Is it still echoing? Okay, how about now? Now, now, now? Okay, good. Okay, so um, I, ha- I would like to take you along a path of kind of how I discovered who I was in him. In essence, how I found my purpose after all these years. Thank you, Lord. So um, in hopes that not only, well, really in hopes that as we share with people we'll have more insight about how to reach people who seem to be unreachable. So this is not a Susan story. I'm not telling you these things, so it's all about Susan. Trust me, it's, it used to be all about Susan. Now it's 0% Susan, 100% for the glory of him. So let's just get that out of there. So, so what I started noticing as I started doing my deep soul searching and... Um, Like, how did I get in this place? How could I have been so dense and so stubborn to have given in all this time? So I noticed some different personality tendencies. Some could say idiosyncrasies of mine. And so some of them, well, these, I'm going to give you three. And I'm going to show you, not to talk about me, but what the Lord showed me and how those could actually be used in his kingdom, which was like, wow, that's cool. Okay, so the first thing is um, I've always been extremely sensitive, like other people experience feelings like this, and I'm like this, whether it's sad or happy or mad or angry. Have you ever seen the vision of a a light coming into a prism and when it comes out, it's all these different colors? It's a rainbow? Well, that's when I saw in class, actually, they said, you know, here's the English word for love and here's the Hebrew or Greek words for love. I thought, wow, that's me because other people experience emotions like this. And I'm like, that is like, oh my goodness, so much bigger. So, you know, I heard my whole life, Susan, you're just being too sensitive. You're wearing your heart on your sleeve. What do you see in that guy? Not you. you. (laughs) But like, I, cause I could see the heart because what I learned and what the Lord started, I swear, not you. Nobody ever said that about you. But what I started, what the Lord started showing me is that, because I looked back, I saw the word tenderhearted that Pastor Justin had touched on, I don't know how many years ago, but I'd, I had written out to the side, there's some scripture that says tenderhearted, and out to the side it said, uh, in uh, likelihood of being able to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Basically, you're more inclined to be in touch with the spiritual realm of things, which really resonated with me because if you're tender and like somebody, you're talking with somebody and you go, how could you dare say that to me? And they go, I didn't say that to you. Well, I heard what you said and then I know what you meant because it was written all over your face. It was written in your inflection and I just saw it, not, well, saw it in your eyes. So it's like in that person's defense, lots of people, not just you. Aren't you glad you came? 
but but seriously, so if you're tender-hearted, you read more than just what you see in the natural and what you're hearing in the natural. You're seeing something beneath the surface. So what the Lord showed me is, hey, girl, that's a good thing because we're supposed to, We want. I want you to hear me. And when you see other people, I want you to have compassion for them. So I was like, okay, Lord, that's good because that has been the bane of my existence. Don't listen to Susan. She's just too emotional. She's just making a decision based on her heart. So yeah, there's that. Okay, number two, um, I tended to be a lot impulsive, not a big plan, um, just giant fox. Yeah, so kind of like, I'm just going to read what I wrote. Fly by the seat of your pants. I used to drive planners in my life, still do, kind of crazy because my entire family, from my mother to my husband to one of my children, couple of my children, they work on logic, and I always worked on emotion. And so, you know, um, I if we were all standing on the side of a cliff deciding if it was a good idea to jump in, they would be saying, gee, I wonder if there's any rocks. I wonder how deep this water is. Susan, what are you doing? You've already jumped. What if there's rocks? I'll worry about it later. <laughs> so, yeah. You can get in some big trouble, right, if you're impulsive. So I know you're thinking, how in the world can God use this? Well, that's what I thought too, but this was so neat what he showed me. So he had been putting in my book, in my uh, mind, a book for a long time after I was born again. It's like, I've got to get this written down, and I have just pages and pages written everywhere in my phone, everywhere I go. I've just got all this stuff written down. So oh, when it was icy about a month ago, I got started on the book, and then the Lord gave me the title of the book. And I'd already told my daughter, Amy, who's extremely methodical like my mom, right? So like it skipped a generation. She's, so I'm like, Lord, please let me tell Amy. I'd already told her about the book. She was like, oh, Mom, that's really, that's really cool. Good job, Mom. She always says, I'm so proud of you, Mom. You're proud of me. I'm so honored that you're proud of me, honey. That's so sweet. Anyway, but you know what I'm coming from with that? Like you're, you're anyway. I digress. So I said, Lord, please let me tell Amy. Please let me call Amy and tell her the name of the book. It's so good. It's like, it's so good. Please release me from it. And I don't want to be impulsive, but I know that was you. And he said, yes, child, call your daughter. And so, oh, I'm so excited. So I called Amy and I tell her. And she's like, oh, I love that. That is great. That's really intriguing. And I love that title. So I hang up the phone. And about five minutes later, boom. That's not the title. He gave me a different one. I'm like, oh, Lord, no, I'm sorry I did it. I did it. I misread you. I'm so sorry. You're working with me on my impulsive nature. And what he said next, he said, Susan, you know, I don't hear his voice. I I get it dropped in my spirit. I know some people hear him. I don't hear him. I think that would just knock me flat. I'm so sensitive. And I just get this knowing that I just know that it's him in there. He said, Susan, that's what I like. One of the things I like about you the most. And I'm like, I literally said, Lord, that is not scriptural. (laughs) I mean, I knew it was him, but it's like, that is that. How can you say that? You've been working on me on this impulsive thing. And he said, "Um, Susan, with you, all I knew was if I could just get it in your heart, it wouldn't matter what it looked like. 
you wouldn't think about it. You just do it regardless of what anybody said. Or if you had the money to do it, you just go. And I was like, it was so beautiful to me that he could take something that has caused me so many problems in my life and turn it for him. Like, wow. Okay, that's that touches me, Lord. Like, thank you. But not as much as this next one did. Well, equally, if not more. Okay, but this next one, and you're all going to be going, now, how in the world is she going to get God out of this one? Uh, had this, okay, born with kind of a stubborn, independent nature. Um, I was always misunderstood as being rebellious, which offended me because I did not desire to be rebellious. I just had to be true to me. So don't try to put me in a box and say, you're this or you're that because I don't fit with this or that. I'm me. So it just, I can't even describe, like there are moments at school when I sense just in a little vein of something, one of the instructors, and these are all really anointed professors, y'all, like, I mean, like from Rama, uh, from Kenneth Hagen Bible College, from, uh, from or Roberts Bible College, those were, I mean, very anointed men and women of God. That, with that said, even still, I'll get a sense of condemnation, or you need to do this, or you need to do that. And I've gotten to wearing my notes. I just get and I write all capitals. I don't care who sees. Good. I hope you do because I want to talk about it. Vomit moment and I highlight it in yellow because it just, and it's, I'm just like so, that's how I feel. I remind myself of like Jesus in the temple when he overturned the tables. It's like, stop telling me what I'm supposed to do. That's not working with me. Like the whole, you're going to hell message. Do you think sinners don't know? Do you think they've never heard you're going to go to hell? Do you think I had never heard that? For me, being a procrastinator, that's, that would have been number four, that's not on there, but to think about eternity when I get perturbed when he asks me, honey, what time would you like dinner? I'm like, why are you trying to pin me down to a time? There's several hours, like two, between now and dinner time, and, and I know that's, I know what that is. Like, Lord, work with me because I know that's not okay. The man is trying to fix me dinner. How can I be mad at him right now? But it's just something in me that doesn't want to be put in a box. So I'm going to share with you how the Lord showed me this actually wasn't nearly the, it's, it's a curse. It's a horrible thing when you're not walking with the Lord. I can testify to that. But okay. Um, we have a two year I mean just quick daughter about my grand quick story about my granddaughter. She's her name is Harper. She's two years old. The Lord worked through her to show me a message. So my daughter, who is methodical, calls me up and she says, Oh mother, I don't know what to do with this child. And it has seemed that Harper is kind of like her grandma Susie. It's so cool because it skipped a generation. So like, oh, you're gonna need me, girl. You're gonna need me with this one. Um yeah. So she said, Mom, I don't understand. Like, you know, I'm I've been telling Harper, you know, she's read all the books and she knows she knows exactly how to raise her child. She said, Mama, I tell her, okay, I'm gonna give you a choice. you can either have apples or you can have bananas. And it worked for a little bit. And then she said, Mom, she started this thing where I said, 
Harper, do you want apples or bananas? And Harper says, nothing. And I said, do you mean Harper doesn't say anything? And she goes, no. She just looks at me and she says, nothing. <laughs> oh, I know where she's coming from. <laughs> she didn't want to be put in a box. I was like, you're not going to tell her what she's hungry for. Like if someone said you want apples or bananas, I'd say oranges or nothing. And why would you try to tell me what I'm going to eat? I mean, I don't know what this deep thing is, but Miss Harper is going to need her grandma Susie. And so was Harper's mama, my daughter. So anyway, so along this... It, Amy couldn't understand it. She was like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, well, it doesn't to you because you're you. It makes perfect sense to me. I get it. Like, I totally get where she's coming from. Said, well, what do you suggest? I said, if she says nothing, say, okay, honey, that's what you'll get. You'll get nothing. She'll get over that, you know, or then just, yeah, so, I mean, you just need to let me raise her. That would be fun. But anyway, so, okay, at the same time this was all going on with Harper, you know, I'm growing in the Lord. And y'all remember when we started that first things first where we started getting the text messages? Well, about, you know, we're going to, I think it started, we're going to first start with, we're going to read the gospel in X number of days or months or, or whatever. I had been doing really well before that just teaching myself to stay in the word. And so this first things first thing came up and I thought, oh, this is great. This is great because I can, I can get on a schedule with other people. (laughs) Well, about two days in, I was like, I am not, this is not my schedule. I'm not doing that. So I just just like, so that ding still goes off every morning at six o'clock and reminds me how I'm not going to be put in a box. But what has happened in the background, it's not like I've stayed out of the word. It's just I did it on my time because, of course, nobody's going to put me in a box. So um, um, I started, you know, as a new, totally new to the word, I I would hear these people talk about, well, you know, I get up at three in the morning or four in the morning to study the word. And I'm like, good for you. That's awesome. Do you know, have any idea how long this takes? Like, this does not just happen. And I'm not saying it's all that. I'm just saying, like, I used to suffer from vanity. There's another confession. <laughs> God's still working on me on that. So like, yeah. Anyway, so, okay, Lord, help me here. He said, okay, Susan, let's start with one scripture. When you wake up in the morning and your alarm goes off, how about you just say one scripture? And so the one that came to me, he gave me was, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So, okay, it's actually which gives me strength because it's talking about Christ the anointing, not Christ the person, because Christ isn't a person, he's the anointing. But anyway, regardless, my so I started when my alarm was going off, I and you know, normally it'd be like, I don't want to get up, it's early, I should have gone to sleep. What's on to you know, late I should have gone to sleep earlier and all this. So and I started, I would not allow myself to step foot out of the bed until I said, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And I would say it to myself again and again and again until it sunk in. And it was, I mean, it got to where it was like, I could say it one time and it was like, wow, I want to get up. I mean, it was just sinking in so beautifully. It was like, wow, this stuff really works. <laughs> so, okay. So I would get out of bed. And then after a while, I got to where I'd grow into, okay, I'd wake up and go, okay, Lord, I, I think I've progressed to the next level. And I would say a prayer before I got up in English, not my spirit language. I would say, 
Lord, when I go do this and this and I run this errand and that errand and I'm going about my daily business, I want you with me, Holy Spirit. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for guiding me and leading me. And so it's like, okay, well, that's good. And so I found myself after that attuning more to his ear. I would hear him more. And then one morning I woke up. And I woke up, sometimes I wake up and I'm, I've got tears because I love him so much. And what he has delivered me from, that I can't even contain it. And that particular morning, that's what happened. And I remember waking up and I was kind of like this. And I just literally put my arms out and I said, Lord, I'm yours. Whatever you want. From what you have delivered me from. To go from darkness to light overnight, you've done enough. How can I serve you? You tell me. I'll do anything you say. And when I did that, wow. Because, you know, he said, Susan, I know what you have to do today. I know you have obligations. I know where you have to go. But when you tell me, (laughs) when you tell me, Lord, stay with me when I do this, 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 and this. You're still driving the cart. You're trying to put me in your box. And sometimes when you try to put me in a box and you say, Lord, I'm talking about apples and bananas. And I say nothing like Ms. Harper. It means you're trying to put me in a box and I won't be in a box. Whew. So he used my granddaughter to get that message to me. He used a two-year-old. Now, we know he used a donkey. So Harper's much more intelligent than that. Um, and, I mean, you know, and, but what, what spoke to me is that he will use, he, he wants us to get that message so badly. He will use anything to get us that message. Even for those of us who are so stubborn and will absolutely not follow anything for anybody. But you know what? When I met him, I would get in a box with him and want to every single day for the rest of my life. What he's delivered me from. Yeah, Lord, I'll be in your box. I don't want to be anybody else's box, you know, but I'll be in your box. And so when he showed me that last one. It was really interesting to me. All of a sudden, all the dots started connecting and the puzzle pieces started coming together about this thing. That how is it that my most difficult tendencies or idiosyncrasies, and by the way, I'm getting to how to share this with others. I'm getting how to share the love with others because it is all about evangelism, but I felt this was foundational for y'all to hear how I got to this. So the fact that he, those things that were... The bane of my existence and things that got me in more trouble than anything. Sensitive, impulsive, stubborn, prideful, all that. That he could use that and show, wrap it around and show me it was actually who I am as a part of him. And those things are actually qualities of his. Okay, we can easily see the tender heart and how he has a compassionate heart and his love. Okay, that one I get. But when you look at like the don't put me in a box, I mean, that was just crystal clear to me. About how that's actually a quality that I have that's like him because he won't be put in a box either. And then the, um, well, I don't want to remind myself of the other one because they're all 
that, oh, impulsive, thank you. Um, yeah, about, about basically if I tell you to do something, don't, you can bank on it. Don't sit around and think if it's a good idea. Now, clearly, if you are not walking with the Lord and you are not waiting on his direction, that will get you in big, big trouble. Yeah, but when you're walking with him and he tells you to do something, man, you can bank on it. Just go, just do it because he wants, of course. Don't you know he's up there going, what else do I have to do? I gave you my best. I gave you my son. What else do I have to do? So when I, I so I started thinking, okay, look, that's so cool. That, that those very things that were the bane of my existence, don't you know the devil didn't want me to find my identity or any of us? He does not want to find our purpose. So that's what he's going to key in on. So that very thing that has been the bane of all of our existence is the very thing the devil's hanging on to the worst, the most, I mean. So therefore... I thought, okay, well, let's try this out. Lord, I like what you're showing me. I like where you're going. Just, you are so cool. So let's think about other people. Let's think about him. <laughs> My husband. <laughs> what about him? Like, okay, you know that one thing about him? He likes to stir it up, stir it up, stir it up. Okay, now if y'all, my husband is, I'm, his heart is melting. Can I talk about you for a minute? His heart has been melting before my very eyes. It has been the most beautiful thing. And Lord, I thank you for that. We've been married 22 years, and um, it's beautiful what the Lord is doing in our lives. I you were say how many minutes. 20 minutes, <laughs> right? Oh, I hung on. I hung on even though he was really acting up. <laughs> I knew what you meant there, Tom. So um, so I said, okay, Lord, what about the fact that, you know, Cheyenne is so lovable. He has this amazing ability wherever he goes to just... Stir everybody up. He's going to bring up something a little. I said, Lord, what about that? And as soon as I asked the question, it was dropped in my spirit. He said, he's going to stir up the kingdom of God is what he's going to do. And I was like, wow. Yes, sir. I speak it. I speak it. And I could see it. I could see how he was going to do that. Praise God. Hmm. Praise God. So, Okay. So, during this time, the Lord was showing me visions of rocks. You know, when you look at geographic strata, like if you look at this cross-section of a rock, like Grand Canyon, like where it's cut right there, and you see layers, sedimentary layers, like this. Well, I started thinking about how, he first he was like, think of the heart like this, Susan. Everybody has a heart. And everybody's heart looks a little bit different. And before this, the Lord had shown me, the Lord had shown me, there's a, there's a verse in Second Chronicles. I don't think I'd read that verse before. Y'all, I didn't know anything about the Bible. But, he, but when I first realized it's all about the heart, like I had the head part, like, like when I started getting, not, like I started to, like I was saved, but like I didn't have the heart. I hadn't given my heart to him yet. And I was born again, and I realized I learned later Oh my gosh, I got a new heart. I read Ezekiel 36, 26, but I'd already known I got a new heart before I read the scripture. Like, so all my revelational knowledge is firsthand. And then I read about it because I didn't know the word. So it's like, oh my God, I'm like totally always going, hey, y'all look, it says this would happen. It says I I knew I had a new heart. It says this, check this out. How long has this been here? (laughs) Right under your nose the whole time. So anyway, 
I could just see God up there searching, searching for hearts. And like, he's looking for hearts to glow. Thank you, babe. He's looking for hearts to glow, right? So I kept, he kept showing me this. And then he showed me, and then there's, a, and then I read Second Chronicles something that talks about how God looks down and he searches to eyes, to and fro. Um, sorry, I don't have that in front of me. Searching to and fro, and he will basically show glory to those who love him. And so it all started coming together because I'd seen him like it's all about the heart. And then I started thinking of this strata thing and it was showing me that we all have a vein in there. Okay, like we're complicated, right? Everybody, Cheyenne, can you be my, can you help me, help me? Like if you look at that, all these are le- experiences in our lives that create who we are. And you know that verse that says before you, uh, before you pick a speck out of your brother's eye, check the plank. In your own? Well, our plank are our life experiences. These are things that make it hard for us to see others. So when you look at the difference in these two hearts. Ooh, this is a dark heart, right? Ooh, that's a dark heart. It's hard. You know, can you imagine break chipping away at that until you can find the softness in that? And then like that one, it's like these, as different as these look... If you're wondering, this one's my mom. This is my mother. So pretty on the outside and very together and perfectly. Look at this. Like everything is like perfectly spaced, right? In herself. And I, I, I'm not at all being critical. I'm saying I'm, I want her to know his love more than anything. I want my mama to know the love of the Lord. And so somewhere in here is a little vein or vessel that's exactly like Jesus in every single one of us. And so when we're talking to other people, instead of, you know, what we don't know is we might be looking at this. Not only a dark heart, but very, very broken. And so when we see people who look so ugly on the outside, and, you know, we all know we're supposed to look to God, so we see people through his glasses, not our own. But when we look at people, realize there's this going on, and they ju- we just need to find, help them find that part that's going to set them free. And so when we're talking to people, oh my goodness, first evangelism group I went with, this man who, who said this is no longer, no longer here at this church, but... Um, it was a funny story. I went, I went home and told Cheyenne about it. We had this big meeting about, um, okay, now here's how you do it. There's never condemnation when you approach someone. You just say, if you were to die today, do you know where you would go? And, um, so, and we, and, you know, you never condemnation. It's just with love that you want to show them the word and lead them gently to the Lord. And so then we role play. So, it was me and this this guy, and um, going up there to role play, and um, he said, so he was going to be the evangelizer, and he said, do you, if you were to die today, do you know where you would go? And I said, you know, I really don't. I'm playing along with the role play. And he says, then you're going to hell. <laughs> he points his finger at me, and we had just talked about approach with compassion. For goodness sakes, it was just, I was like, is he kidding? He wasn't kidding. But it's like, oh my goodness. But those are those kind of vomit moments in my class where I'm like, do we all not know where we're going? 
I mean, we've all heard it before, so we might want to try a little bit different approach. And when uh, Pastor Joseph said, prepare to share, that was so cool when that happened because we were totally on the same level. And then the next, you know, three or four or five weeks passed and and I wanted to rename it and he wouldn't let me because it had to be in line with the church. But I wanted to rename it, this ain't your mama's evangelism. I can say it. We can't print it. I can say it. Because it's not your mama's evangelism. This is a different way of looking at things entirely. We need to, when we look at people, we need to help them. Okay. When Jesus, right before Jesus ascended into heaven, his last words, very last words on earth. He looked at his disciples. And it's the Great Commission, of course. And this is what he said. Number one, I have all authority. Number two, you go. Number three, baptize people in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Oh, my goodness. I didn't know there were three baptisms. If you've never, if you don't know the specifics of the three baptisms, there's salvation, baptism of the Holy Spirit, and then water baptism by believers. Rick Renner has this, uh, has this series of 28, this one's 28 minutes and 30 seconds, I know because I've listened to it like I think maybe 10 times, over and over and over, with all scriptural references about the three types of baptisms. And, you know, it says, in, besides Matthew, it says in several other scriptures, you know, receive the Holy Spirit. He wants us baptized in all three. There's only one baptism necessary for salvation, and I believe there's so many people stuck there and that's where my passion lies because that's where I was for so long. So when we are talking to people, find that place of hurt, what anger, sadness, sorrow, get them baptized in the Holy Spirit. For goodness sakes, would you pray with me? And then you hold their hands and just whatever that is, if it's fear or if it is, um, if it is anger or if it's sickness, whatever it is, first, first things first, man. I mean, if they, okay, I have a little, uh, this has not been proven, I mean, approved yet. However, um, I'll show up before I pass it out, Pastor Joseph, but I had typed this up a couple weeks ago and I said, well, yeah, it'd be good to bring this today. So just a quick one. Um, The Bible reads, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. The Bible also reads, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Are you who whosoever? Yes, we are. Okay. So if you don't think they're saved, or if they say they're, if they say they've never accepted the Lord, then there's that in the salvation prayer. Now, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, so to become born again, to receive His power, to do His works, you can pray over them, hold their hands, and they, are, of course, they don't need you to do this. They can do it on their own, but. Dear Lord Jesus, and have them pray after you, I pray you do a quick work in my heart and make yourself real to me. I want to be filled with all the fullness of your Holy Spirit. If you are touching them, if you are talking to someone and they are so sad they can't even see straight or they are so angry. Do you, you know, I didn't know salvation, excuse me, I didn't know being a Christian meant more than, I say just eternal life, but. Y'all know what I mean. It's a full benefits package. I didn't know it meant I could be happy here. So my whole message is help people find heaven on earth. On earth as it is in heaven. The whole idea of, if when you're a procrastinator, eternity is a long way away. You know, I didn't, I didn't think I'd ever have to worry about cellulite or wrinkles or any of that stuff, you know, because there's like, there's going to be a cure for that by the time I get there. Eternity, you want to talk to me about eternity? That's. That was not a motivator for me. 
but happiness right now, deliverance from sadness and fear and hopelessness, depression, yeah, that's a motivator. But people are ignorant to the word of God. They don't know it. So, yeah, I believe when we go out and talk to people, whether it's an evangelism event or whether it's just one-on-one, ask them to pray the prayer with you and just have them repeat. And if it's in their heart, if it's in their heart and they're asking Jesus to come in their heart, you know he's coming in their heart. He's going to do a work in them. I mean, we all, I mean, there's no doubt about that. And they don't need a touch from us. That next series in Rick Renner's uh, is laying on of hands. He goes through Hebrews 6, uh, 1 and 2 about the foundations. I think there's eight foundations of faith. Excellent series. Excellent, excellent series. But I've listened to the laying on of hands one, I mean, over and over and five or six times. It's like I want to just have it in me. Um, he wants us to be laying our hands on people. But when you... When you hear Rick Renner preach on it and how he just, it's, he just, it's scripture after scripture after scripture, example after example, about how Acts is a book of patterns. It's a book of patterns. And so, therefore, this is what he wants us to do. Um, and so, when you know that's what he wants you to do, to me, that builds my faith, knowing that I can step out there and do that. You bet I can, because guess who I've got? I got him, because it ain't me anyway. It's never us, it's him. So, I have a whole lot more of that. I know we're turning out on time, but um, I, when I originally approached, uh, I was going to say Dr. Phil, that's funny, Pastor Joseph, I, I put together this box that I, I keep in my car, and it was just kind of little handouts of things that have been helpful for me. Like I had like all my favorite scriptures. I have you know a ton of, you know, like the In Him, Kenneth Hagin one. Healing, Charles Caps, White Tongues. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yep. But did y'all catch that? Y'all know, y'all. Did y'all, y'all hear those? I mean, just, this is, but everybody's is different, right? Like, this is just, like, things that influence me. But, like, a long time ago, I started going, oh, my gosh, i got to write that scripture down. That's so awesome. So I'd, I'd write it down. So, But I've got my in Christ confessions. I've got my difference between spirit, soul, and body. I've got several pages of each. Um, I've got, oh, this is another one to get baptized in the Holy Scriptures. These are scriptures according to living a life, walking with him. I mean, I have got so many things that have touched me. It's like at some point they're just in you and you can share them. But it sure is nice to have a leave behind if nobody wants to sit there and listen with you. Difference between punishment and discipline. Um, Old covenant versus the new covenant. I mean, oh, my goodness. I've got, but you know, over time it just becomes part of you again. But knowing what was getting to that place in you that was so monumental in your life, whether it was your original testimony, whether it was a healing, getting in touch with that place of excitement and refreshing your memory to it is, I think, really, really paramount. And the praise factor, like Pastor Justin says, the praise factor has been a life changer for my prayer life. It's really easy for me to praise because it's been so recent. And I know that's not the case for a lot of people who've been walking with him for a long time. Uh, and I, Cause I hear that a lot. I hear it a lot. It's like I've walked so long with the Lord. So anyway, um, yeah, I think it's time to wrap up. That's what I'm, message I'm getting clearly. Anyway, thank you guys for allowing me to share some of what I've learned and um, I'm honored. And thank you.
book? What is the book you have with your game? Oh my goodness. It's called Shadowboxing. I've only read the first couple of pages, but when I did, it showed me a showed me a prison ministry I'm going to be doing like that. I was like, wow. This book, Shadowboxing, is half a uh, real. It, I, it's, it's, it is a forward by Jack Taylor. Dr. Henry Malone. Dr. Henry Malone. Um, it is. Yeah, I was going to get to that, but you know. Amen. Well, you know, we're all individuals, and we all have different callings and anointings in our life, and we have different ways to reach people. People that Susan would reach would be different than you would reach. And... That's all well and good. How many of you know that we're all peculiar? In our own way. We really are. We're peculiar in our own way. Unique. Rather than just peculiar, you're unique. And how God has ministered to you is valuable and important to Him that you allow Him to use you Because it's the Christ in you that's the hope of glory. Amen? Christ in you. Amen. I'm still trying to catch up with some of the things you said. Anyway, thank you, Susan, for sharing from your heart. All right? Thank you. Praise God. Amen. Well, you guys have been a tremendous blessing just being here and receiving. Uh, You know, what the Lord is doing in our lives. We need to be open. Everybody say this with me. I'm open. I'm I'm teachable. And I'm subject to change. Now look at your neighbor and say, you don't know everything. Amen. I'm open. I'm teachable. And I'm subject to change. We are all very unique. And we, we need to realize that we're all very important to the Lord. Amen. And he wants to use you in your personality that he has placed inside of you to touch the lives of others. He made you for a reason. Amen. 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 There are no mistakes. Amen. Praise God. Well, why don't you stand with me? We've already gone past our time, so you can stand with me. Just don't stand behind me.
we're going to have a closing prayer, and then uh, after the prayer, we need if I think we have food that's left over. If you would like to take some food with you, please uh, help yourself. I think there's some bags and stuff inside here, um, and so forth. Amen. We had 44 people that signed up, but we only had about 37, I think, that showed up. Olga? Yeah. Wow, that was This is Wendy. Wendy, lift your hand. Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray. We're going to be dismissed. And then we need to break the tables down, that sort of thing, put them back in their places, and leave the place just like we found it, so that when we come in here in the morning, everything is right where it needs to be. Amen. So let's pray. Father, we just come to you in Jesus' name. We praise you. We thank you, Lord, for our time together. We thank you for, Lord, what you're doing in our individual lives. We thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit who is leading us, guiding us, and directing us. Lord, we thank you for this church. We thank you for our pastors. We thank you for our apostle. And Lord, we just give you praise for all of those that you've called to this house to be a part of this ministry. And we ask that you would bless them abundantly ministering to their every need in their spirit, their soul, their body, and their domestic needs. You have made promise of provision in everything in life. And so we receive that with joy and gladness of our heart. And we thank you, Lord, for your love, your tender mercies and kindness that you've given to us. Thank you, Lord, how patient you are with us. Lord, that you're willing to wait until we're willing to hook up and do what you tell us to do. And so, Lord, as we dismiss, we dismiss in your presence and your love. For those that have come that maybe had a request, Lord, we thank you for granting, Lord, what it is that they have on their hearts. And that you would touch whatever needs to be touched. Change whatever needs to be changed. Heal whatever needs to be healed. Deliver whatever needs to be delivered. And we'll give you praise. We'll give you honor and glory for it in Jesus' name. And we all said, Amen. Amen. Remember, next month, we're here April 1st. April 1st is our next meeting. April 1st. Next Saturday. But it's no, it's no fooling. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for staying and helping.